Hey, good morning. It is Around the PD. I'm Dennis Davis in studio with Dr. Brian Hutchison. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Dennis. I uh, wanted to start by talking about something that has really gotten a lot of attention lately, and, and a lot of these stores have opened up really across the country, and something that feels like it's just an overnight sensation, CBD oil. What is CBD oil? Can we start there? CBD oil is from a molecule found in cannabis and has become increasingly popular for either a therapeutic use or to add into some kind of a food and really gained a lot of notoriety and popularity over the last five years, I'd say. You know, and the second that anyone says that it's from cannabis, everyone's like, well, wait a second. Well, wait a second. That's not legal. <laughs> uh, but... For this particular application, the um, the chemical within marijuana that has been known to get people high is not in CBD oil. At least it's not supposed to be uh, for uh, for retail purchases. Correct? Am I saying saying that right? Correct. And sometimes people can have a poor extraction. And they can have some of the THC or the psychoactive component that gets people high and is illegal still in the CBD oil. So a couple episodes ago, we had to talk about stem cells and how it was still the Wild West and it's unregulated and there's so much information out there that still has to be discovered and, mm-hmm. and really worked out. And I would say that CBD oil is not quite that wild of the Wild West, but it's more like Nebraska, as opposed to California. Okay. So, <laughs> so there's still a lot of unknown, and it's still, in a way, the Wild West. And, you know, so CBD is one component of the cannabis plant. And, you know, the cannabis plant has many different active ingredients in it, one being CBD, which is short for cannabidiol, and then the other is THC. And there are many other things. There's terpenes. There are other components to that plant. Also, we can get hemp from the same plant that would produce cannabis. And hemp has been used in this country since the very beginning. It's been used to make rope, to make paper. It's been used as a fuel. And all 50 states currently have a legal uh, stature for hemp. So not all states have legal access for CBD oil, which is interesting because there's a lot of uh, uncertainty still in how you know this is all going to end up as you see more and more states are legalizing either CBD oil and or medical marijuana for certain conditions for people that have maybe cancer or seizures or chronic pain that's incurable. As we try to move away from our opioid dependency, people are more willing to look for other options. But in particular, today we wanted to discuss CBD. And with CBD, there's been some research that's come out. There's actually one pharmaceutical drug that uses CBD and has been approved by the FDA. This was actually pretty recently, and the FDA did approve a medicine to treat childhood epilepsy that uses CBD, and it's called Epidiolex. So that's really interesting that the FDA has approved the use of CBD oil for childhood epilepsy. You know, I I hear so many people that for their children for treatment of certain ailments, like I have a dear friend of mine, uh, Bill Perdue, uh, and he spoke at Relay for Life, his son Braxton, who's about my son's age, um, was going through cancer treatments, and 
one of the things that they they tried to help with the seizure um with you know with his brain cancer um one of the side effects of of what he was going through was that he had seizures they gave him cbd oil and he went from almost 10 seizures a day down to one sometimes zero and that's incredible and that's just a wonderful use that cbd oil has a lot of validity there have been significant research to the point where the FDA has cleared the use of CBD oil for childhood seizures. And now I'm not just telling you to go buy it off the shelf and treat your child by yourself. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But Dennis, that's a great testimony for the potential medicinal use. For him to stand in front of everyone at Relay for Life and and kind of tell everyone his story and and his son's story, I thought it was rather moving. But it, it goes to show that there's a lot that still needs to be learned about CBD um, and, and how it, it can be applied to help with those medical ailments. So after childhood seizures as a treatment or something that you can use CBD oil for, the next best set of research shows that CBD oil can be used to treat social anxiety. So there have been actual human studies done, not as large as the ones with children and epilepsy, but there have been ones on people where they've shown that anywhere from adolescence even into adulthood, that CBD oil can be effective at managing and treating social anxiety, which would be a great adjunctive or even alternative therapy to some of the more addictive benzodiazepines and traditional treatments for social anxiety. I mean, how neat would it be if you knew that you were going into a big meeting or you were meeting somebody new and uh, you were just a little bit nervous and your palms were kind of sweaty and you could just take a drop of CBD oil that has little to no side effect and really have a calmative effect, do better, reduce that anxiety and not have an addictive or even like a medicine that can give you a potential hangover. You know, I know a lot of Mm -hmm. people that I work with being in the medical field that tell me that when they take... uh, a lot of different medicines that can kind of dull feelings, whether it be something that's for anxiety or a muscle relaxer, that the next day they feel groggy and they really just kind of feel a little bit off. And so I think that this has a lot of uh, potential uh, hope for treating some forms of anxiety. Right now they say the most effective one is social anxiety. Right. now, And I was reading how CBD oil, one of the most common uses of CBD oil is treatment for anxiety. Um, some people have used it for depression. I thought that was interesting. Um, although there's not really a lot of uh, documentation out there on that. We're still learning. But what, what can you say about that? Yeah, you led into the next part and, you know, being used for an antidepressant, a sleep aid, and also an antipsychotic are other things that people have tried to purport and say that CBD oil is very useful for or can be useful for. Mm-hmm. And those are the three areas where it doesn't have that much research at this time. There have been some studies on animals, but maybe only one or two on humans. And there's not enough evidence or conclusive really uh, picture for uses in any of those areas. Um, you know, I still have hope that it will be used for anti-inflammatory purposes because there is a little bit of research there showing that it can calm inflammation, which can help with pain, mitigate pain, and can be a better alternative for people who can't take, let's say, ibuprofen or any kind of other over-the-counter pain medicine or inflammation medicine because it upsets their stomach or they're getting stomach ulcers or having, you know, any kind of other side effect that can come from some of the -the over-the-counter anti-inflammatories. So that could be a big area 
that I feel that research should go and, and try to show us how effective CBD is for curbing inflammation and pain. So we've covered a lot of the benefits, the uses of CBD. So, Doc, here's a million-dollar question. When it comes to CBD oil, it seems like there's a lot of polarizing stuff out there with CBD. It seems like the entire medical field is divided. You have some some that are just all about it, and then you have some that are just eh, not so fast. Why is it that we haven't garnered the full support of the medical field on this? You know, I think it's because of the lack of regulation, and that is still a big factor when it comes to CBD oil. You know, uh, John Smith down the street can start producing CBD oil and tell you, you know, it's got no THC in it, and this one is more uh, bioavailable, and you're going to absorb it all, but there's nobody really testing that, and the regulation is so scarce and, and sometimes non-existent. So that really has a big gap as to why I think the medical field has also been hesitant to embrace some of the herbal remedies, whether, you know, it's a, a tea that claims to be able to help with constipation or anything. is because the regulation just is not nearly as stringent as it would be with a pharmaceutical or something of that standard. Can I speak as just like a... I don't know, like a, a dad in the room. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, so I'm probably going to sound like a million years old when I say this. Well, have you taken your face app picture yet? Yeah. Yes, I will. Okay. I will sound about as old as my face <laughs> app picture. Uh, so, not all CBD shops are created equal, and I say that because you go into some of them, and they look like a straight-ahead pharmacy. You know, like they they it looks like a professional business practice. There are some CBD shops that you walk in and they have like uh, water pipes and it's almost like you can't take it seriously if it's if it's like that. It's all about the presentation to me. And I'm not I'm not trying to down any shop or say one shop's better than the other. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am saying is, is to take it serious as a medicinal to treat whatever ailment you're going through. I just don't know that I can take it seriously if you go into a shop with water pipes. I understand that, and that's kind of contributing to the stigma that CBD is like a drug or something that gets you high, and that's really moving it away from its potential that it does have. We talked about it. It's very effective at treating childhood seizures. We talked about how it can be helpful with social anxiety, and we also mentioned that there is hope that it actually is really good at having an anti-inflammatory and or pain-relieving effect. So the thing that really skews some of the data or the reason that not all the community really embraces it yet is because if it has THC in it, well, THC can do some of the opposite things. It can increase anxiety. It can make you feel more uncomfortable in a social setting. And they've shown that 43% of the products that were surveyed in 2017 had not enough CBD and 26 of them had too much CBD based on what they said. Also, 7 out of 10 of them had too much or not the, the right amount of THC that it said in them. So some of them might said less than 0.01% THC, and they might have had 0.1% THC. So it's very important that we really increase the regulation. We make this something that is pharmaceutical grade. You know, it's not that we necessarily have to change the molecule and, and patent it into a drug name. But there should be a standard and some kind of a stamp of approval by the FDA 
that this CBD oil, this company is always up to this standard. This is what's in it. And it's within, you know, this amount of variance. And at that point, we can start to have more specific ones. Like this one's for the anxiety and this one's for seizures. And we can really get specific and have this be something that helps society. And really, we bring out the tremendous value that is there. Absolutely. Here's something else that I um, I wanted to throw out there is one thing that as a consumer, I bought some for my wife, um, you know, because every month she, you know, has like the... Uh, pain and she's trying to get been historically taking a lot of like ibuprofen to treat it or whatever and we tried cbd oil and something that she found is that for treatment of of menstrual pain she was able to sleep all through the night when she tried the cbd oil um so for like the first night or whatever it was great for her but here's the thing about buying cbd and i and i find it to be a little on the intimidating side is that you have to have a, a knowledge of chemistry to uh, to use CBD oil because you don't know the molar concentration of what's inside the bottle uh, unless you have studied chemistry and you understand what these numbers mean and how much to distribute and how much to dispense at a given time. You know, I feel like you have to be educated before you even just start using it. You know, it could have been because of the anti-inflammatory effect that your wife was able to have less pain during, you know, menstruation, and that would be interesting to find out more about. But just like you said, there's still a lot of research that has to be done. I think that regulation is actually going to benefit CBD oil's uh, acceptance into mainstream and benefit how it helps people as we start to use it more specifically and make sure that what we're taking is actually what we think it is. Absolutely. Well, in a couple sentences, I mean, if, if you're wondering whether or not CBD is right for you, uh, Doc, can you tell us a, a few words about what to, what's the key takeaways on CBD and then what are the right questions you should be asking your doctor? I think that you need to consult with a medical professional that is knowledgeable on CBD oil if you're intending on taking it. And if you don't want to go that route, you should do extensive research because there are a lot of different options out there and not all of them are created equal. Some companies are producing CBD oil from lower quality hemp and or agricultural processes and they're not extracting it appropriately. It could have too much THC in it, which is actually illegal, could cause you to not only get the wrong effect, which could be harmful to you, but you could end up not passing a drug test for work and get in trouble. So you need to be careful with what you look for when you're looking for CBD oil. It's been shown to be very helpful for childhood for childhood seizures, it's been shown to be helpful for social anxiety, and it also shows a lot of promise when it comes to an anti-inflammatory medicine or oil that can really kind of offset some of the side effects from traditional over-the-counter anti-inflammatories and pain relievers. So I want to mention one more thing before we close up, and that is if you're looking check out the ones that are liposomal because the liposomal ones are going to absorb they basically break down the molecules much smaller than they are in the other products. They're going to absorb at a much higher rate. Above 80% of it is going to actually enter and be used in your body. So while they're more expensive, you're going to absorb 80% or more as opposed to 20%. So something to be on the lookout for, and we hope that this was informative and you enjoyed. All right. Doc, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, more of Around the PD right here. 
Openings are available in the Florence One Preschool program for four-year-old children for the upcoming school year. In order to qualify, students must be four years old on or before September 1st, live in the Florence One school zone, and be eligible for free or reduced lunch or Medicaid. To enroll, call the Office of School Readiness at 843-758-6869. For Florence One Schools, I'm Pam McDaniel. Hey, good morning. It is Around the PD. I'm Dennis Davis in studio with Mike Goodman and Candace Hampton. We want to talk to you about this uh, new travel football team to Florence called the Seminole Six. And one of the challenges that this community has, has always had is coming up with really great events, features, activities for, for kids in the PD area. And it's always nice to see something new come about in our community and uh, with us is Mike Goodman and Candace Hampton to talk about Seminole Six. Tell us about this new travel football team that you guys have created. Well, this is our first year. Um, we wanted to give uh, kids a few more options. You know, there are a lot of travel baseball and basketball teams in the city. No travel football. Um, it's kind of a dream chase thing for myself anyway. Um, so We'll start this season off in Columbia, September 7th. Um, this uh, Seminole Six machine is built on myself, Candace, and a few other good coaches. Um, you know, built on that kind of stickler for discipline base, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of make sure the kids learn the game. You know, the, the, the little things that they need to know that they don't, they may not get elsewhere you know so it all starts with the fundamentals right, of the sport right, right. Uh, now Candace you guys have a um, an event coming up August 17th can you tell us a little bit about that we do have an event on August 17th at Sneed Middle School It's kind of a classic kickoff kind of introduce us to um, the community and have the community come out to support us see what we're all about introduce um, ourselves to them and hopefully in the future uh, be able to recruit more kids. Okay. Um, Now, I know that off the air we were talking about some of the misconceptions, um, and this is a great opportunity for you guys to kind of clear the air on that. Like, um, give us some of those misconceptions and then kind of take us through, like, what the facts are. Okay. Um, Wow. We started tryout day. I think we we were close to 150. 160 kids. Um, so you had 160, 150 kids come right. out to your tryout. Right. And uh, So that tells me that there's a lot of interest. Right. There, there's a lot of interest, especially, you know, on the kids' behalf. Um, and then the negative, you know, the negative energy got to them. Uh, I think some of the other programs, football programs around the city, thought maybe, you know, we were here to just take – you know, clean up everything, take everything away from what they were doing, mm-hmm. kind of getting aware of their program. But that's not what we're here for. We just came here to, uh, like I said earlier, kind of give the kids an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and the coaches at the high schools and the middle schools, hey, if you got something in particular you want ran and you want to see it, this is a great opportunity to do so. You know, it seems to me like there's a, there's a lot of uh, room at the table for this because – Take, for instance, the baseball scene in, in this area. Yeah. There's so many kids that play baseball 
uh, with the rec league in town, and then they also do travel ball. So, I mean, I liken that to kind of what you guys are doing on the football level, where there's opportunity to play rec football with the city, and then possibly even um, if they if they opted and, and schedule allowed, do Seminole Six. So it seems like there's a lot of room at the table, is there not? It is. It's a lot of room. It's and 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 the kids, you know, the kids don't see it as, oh, you know, one program is taking over another one. The kids just want to play ball. They want that option. It shows in the number, mm-hmm. uh, the head count. Um, so what we're trying to get the other coaches around town to, you know, understand it. We come in peace. <laughs> you know? Okay. That's, that's fair. All right. So what what are some of the uh, other misconceptions or maybe some facts that you wanted to throw out there? Um, some of the kids have come to practice and say, hey, coach, well, you know, I can't play. I want to play for a particular school. You know, I want to play for the middle school or the high school. You can do both. Uh, middle school, middle school and JV kids are eligible to play both. You can play your whole season for middle school and JV, and you can play AAU football when you're done. Season doesn't start to first game is November 16th. It in no way affects what you do at school. Um, and I heard a coach say, hey, well, you know, that's another 10 games. It's, it's not. It's not another 10 games. You know, it's, um, it's about five, six games in. Um, <clears throat> we're not. We encourage the kids to, hey, if you're going to play for one of the schools here in the city, go ahead. Give that coach 110%. Because that's what I expect when you come on my field. Give them one hundred and ten percent. When you're done with that, then come see us. I I promote whatever coach I can in his program. I won't, you know, I won't ever try to hold a kid out of his program. All right. So uh, for those of you just tuning in, we're on air with uh, Mike. Goodman, Candace Hampton, the Seminole Six. It is the first of its kind travel football in Florence. So, uh, so if you joined in mid conversation, uh, you guys play a, a good amount of quality competition yes. on the on this travel circuit that you guys have. Yes. Uh, can you take us through that? Um, we're in uh, what they call the Low Country, so we're in the bracket with um, Myrtle Beach, uh, Union County. Kershaw County, Dillon. Everybody knows Dillon. Dillon right. Gonna bring it. Right. The point is, is you're playing a lot of quality competition. So it seems to me like if you're interested in getting better at the sport, you want to play competitors that are as good as you or, or as talented as you or possibly even better. So that way you in turn also improve and rise to that level of, of competitive play. Indeed. Indeed. You uh, you get better with reps and, and, and play iron sharp as iron. Long story short, iron sharp design, you know. Um, and for a kid that says, you know, hey, I may not want to uh, play basketball or play baseball, this AAU football is, is here. It's here for you year-round. I'm, I'm, this is what I do. This is what we do. So the season, um, when, when do your games start and when does the season um, fundamentally end for you guys? We um, – our AU – which is head coached by Kelvin Burnett. 10U is head coached by Stephen Thayer. 14U is Doug Gamble. 14U is myself. Um, it, that season will start September 7th in West Columbia. That's the first game for mm-hmm. Um 
the 14 youth season starts. The very first game is November 16th. So, again, as I said, it does no way affect middle right. school and, and junior varsity football players. So, yep. What days of the week are the games typically held? The games are held on Saturdays. Saturday. So, oh, again, it, it it doesn't interfere it's with your Friday night. Friday or, night or, yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, okay. Now, what are the age groups? Um, so that we can understand, like... AU is a team made up of seven- and eight-year-old boys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 10U is 9-10. Uh, mm-hmm. 12U is 11-12. And 14U is 13-14. So this is full-contact football, At, right? They're wearing yes, pads. It's full, it's full contact yeah, it's not, football. Yeah, it's, it's not flag, and you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the cheerleaders for Candace have a fit over there. It's, but that's something that there's a, a real appetite for because when it comes to football, you have you have the rec, the rec league that the city does. Um, but I think that's it. And then yeah, and now and now you guys with Seminole Six, before it was like if you didn't do city ball, if you didn't do that, then there was right. the Y, and the Y only does flag football, and either you, you know you're into flag football or you're not. But if you wanted to play football and you wanted to put on the pads and, and play the game, you had some limited options. And now with Seminole Six, there's a travel option um, with with you guys at Seminole Six. Candace, did you have something? Jump jump on. Not only, um, I just want to add that not only are we traveled, but we're also exposing the kids to a little more than um, the city of Florence. As Mike said earlier, we're traveling to West Columbia. We're traveling down to Monk's Corner, um, Kershaw, Union County, Lee County. Um, so the kids are being more exposed. Now, um, especially with the older kids, it's probably something good for them because a lot of the kids, as in such as baseball, they get seeked out by colleges, and you know that that's also exposing the older kids to possible college um, scouts and recruits as mm-hmm. well. The main thing we're wanting is everybody to go in this with an open heart and an open mind and accept us as something good for the kids because we as volunteers are going in this um, only for the kids and to expose them and open them up to something more than. Um, what they are already open to so that's our main goal is just to make sure that everybody's looking at it the same way we are just with the open mind and with the kids in mind so let me ask this guys uh when when it comes to the schedule of the games with seminal six and the practice schedule uh does it allow for a child to do both playing um with the city and then also seminal six or is it going to be one of those things um the 12U on down to the 8U, there's a that's a regular fall football season, so they'll they they'll have a choice to make. I got gotcha. you. Um, the 14U, they they got the option; they can do both. Um, mm-hmm. And 12U kids that go off to the school, so it's not all uh, 12U kids, uh-huh. but the ones that are eligible to play middle school, they can do both. As we said earlier, they, they can do both. So so the schedules will allow. Okay. Right. Well, that, that's a lot of good information. Now, if anyone wants to get involved, uh, how how does one get more information on Seminole 6? Um, you can you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, Seminole 6 Sports, um, the big maroon 6 in the middle of the Seminole. You can't miss it. Um, then there's the website, uh, Seminole6Sports.com. Um, every 
bit of information you want is on the website or the Facebook page. Um, you can get a hold of the cheerleaders uh, through the through the uh, Facebook page. Um, we have phone contacts on there and everything else. So it's perfect. And we are always out handing out flyers, ground pounding, you know, um, trying to trying to get that you know that next kid. Sign up with us. There you go. All right. Well, I love I love y'all's passion uh, for the game and your interest in trying to do something cool in the community. So, uh, Mike Goodman, Candace Hampton, thank you so much for carving out the time and joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you.